time to take the next step with Looney Libis. This week, instead of talking about how to build a company and how to succeed at building companies, let's actually go the other way. Let's do a little post-mortem. I have next to me... Jimmy Gia from Distributed Energy Management. Or formerly... Formerly. From Distributed Energy Management, which is a company that came through the Fledge Accelerator. And I actually met Jimmy uh, not from that. I met Jimmy because we both were teaching at Bainbridge Graduate Institute at the time. And one day we were having coffee, and I asked Jimmy what he was working on. And he told me about this amazing idea. So give us the one-minute picture. The idea behind distributed energy management was looking at the flow of energy as a flow of cash. And so instead of going in to do energy management, we were really going in to look at different utility budgeting techniques, like looking at the expenditure of the bills plus the capital and operational and maintenance and putting them together into a single budget such that you can come up with a lot of different levers for uh, changing the, the energy footprint that had to do with monetary changes rather than engineering-based changes. So that sounds probably to most of the listeners pretty wonky. Uh, but just keep in mind, that's the pitch that worked for the finance people who were worrying about paying for utilities. Or really the, the finance people who cared about the environment that wanted to do something not only to help the environment, but they would only do it because it, it actually saved money for the company. That's absolutely right. And our target audience were CFOs. So to be clear, when you have to put together your one-minute pitch or your one-line pitch or whatever, you've got to keep the audience in mind. You've got to pitch to the right level. If you, if you use that pitch to a bunch of marketing people, they're not going to understand what you're talking about. But this week, we're diving in the different direction. We're not trying to figure out how to turn that into a bigger company. We're trying to find out what went wrong, mm -hmm. right? And so a few months back, I got an email from Jimmy who said, you know, it's time to, it's time to give up, time, time to turn it off. So tell me what that was like. Tell, tell, me, tell me what was the state of the company? How many conversations did you have with your team how did you ultimately come to the come to the point where you said, yes, that's the right answer for this company? Sure, absolutely. So a couple of factors, I think, go into it. And some of them were still positive, which could have decided that we continue going. And some were negative, which were really the ones where we decided to, to stop. Fundamentally, the theory behind what it was that we doing, were doing in the product made sense. And we sold it a number of times, and we were able to apply it a number of times. What happened was that it was more accessible. People bought it more as a consulting arrangement rather than as a product the way that we had packaged it. So when we think of, when I think of a startup or an entrepreneurial venture, I can, you can also think of it as a vector for implementation. And at some point, you just need a different way to implement a particular solution. And so a bunch of the uh, ways that we looked at this situation... And, and, and a scalable way. In a scalable in, in, way, In a right. way that more and more customers can join in without you hiring more and more and more people, and equally more and more people. Absolutely. And so the fact that the... Selling this financial service as a product from a scalable venture point of view wasn't cutting it because we were really selling it more as a consulting product. And so the structure of DEM outlived its usefulness more so than whether the product itself was valid or not. Now, there were a lot of reasons for why the product didn't scale. And I think that could also be part of this uh, post modem. Okay. And so you want to dive into that? Yeah. They also get a little bit technical and a little wonky, <laughs> okay. which is part of the problem. Uh, but one of them was one, uh, one of the ways we implemented our solution, because it was a financial management tool, 
uh, we had to open a bank account that handled all of these funds in one place. Yeah. Oh, and this and this sounds wonky, but but listen, because this this is a this is falls under one of those things where you have an assumption and you don't give it a second thought because because that's an easy one, but then it comes back to bite you. Right. So the assumption was you go into clients and you open a bank account, a checking account that could help manage these funds together and that would give you basically ability to control. Well, it turned out, unbeknownst to us, that in order to open a bank account, a new bank account, you require board sign-off for any corporation or business that you're working with. So all of a sudden, something that we thought was a simple CFO decision took now a pitch to the board, which could happen every quarterly and might take two board meetings before getting the right sign-off. There were further financial compliance requirements, governance compliance that we were not familiar with. Right. So in the plan, it was a, it was a one, you know, two, three, four word word piece. We set up a bank account, blah, blah, blah. And then, then the rest of the important details were after that. And you could make a sale, but you still couldn't actually start billing the customer for months until they could get this set up. Right. And this was um, this is reminiscent of something happened to me in my... My second startup back in the, the mid-90s, all we needed was access to a database. Right. Right. Um, it was a web product, but we needed a database. And we would uh, send someone on an airplane to go install this software. This is back before software as a service, back when I was a techie. And that person would spend about six hours to install the software, five and a half getting permission to set up a database and, and getting a blank database set up. The software would take a second to, to install the actual database and then about 20 seconds more to install the rest of the software. Yep. Um, so nearly everything was all wrapped around this, this one, one step that required a human being to get on an airplane. Yep. Right. It was the same thing for us, which is why we went down that consulting route. It was far easier to go in and get budget access rather than having to go and uh. open up a new line item inside of a you know inside of a bank and so hence that started our consulting relationships with these clients and that and when you're new and you're still figuring out the the right product for the market often these first bunch of customers are asking for asking for one-offs they're asking for right. for modifications and you don't want to say no right so you say yes uh, and then the next one asks for something specific and the next one asks for something different and different and different, next thing you know, you have a consulting company. Yep. And until you can get three or four of them to say yes to the same thing, you're, you're just running a consulting company. Exactly. Right. And this is where the disconnect comes. Investors don't want to own a consulting company, right? They want to own a company that's growing much, much quicker than that. Yep. Right. And so when the time comes to raise more money, they look at the company and they say, this is a consulting business. What am I, why am I investing in you? And so those factors coming together was really what made me think that DEM as a formal corporate structure had outlived its usefulness. Yeah. All right. And so in the end, one day, you make the final decision. Yeah. And I'd say it wasn't a overnight decision. It was something that probably was in the back of my head for a year to a year and a half. And trying to decide, you know, which side of this line do you fall on? Are you on this side, on that side? Is there another opportunity that will push it over or keep it behind? And ultimately, after about a year, year and a half, it just became obvious the direction the company was going, which was down that consultancy path, and that, it, you know, it was time to uh, close up shop. Okay, so I am rolling back the clock here. As I said, I got an email from Jimmy um, a few months back. 
hey, Looney, uh, it's time we're shutting down the company. And my reaction was, great, thanks. <laughs> I don't think it was great. Well, <laughs> I don't think it was, was great. Okay, thank was, you so much. <laughs> it was okay, thank you for telling me. I, I might have even said I'm not surprised in there. Yep. I know it was running through my head. I don't know if I typed it in or not. Because we did this over email. We, we didn't have this conversation face-to-face. We didn't get to do the post-mortem uh, on that day face-to-face. Uh, but the point I'm trying to make for the listeners here is we who invest in startups understand that not all of them work. We understand that things go wrong. And so when we get the email saying, uh, hey, I got a problem here, or, or hey, um, it, it's no longer running. Hey, we ran out of money, we shut it down. Whatever the bad news is, that's to be expected. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't make we the investors angry. Uh, it's just one more, one more fire to put out, one more person to, to walk back off the ledge sometimes, or sometimes it's, oh, yeah, okay, well, I saw that one coming. Yeah, and I do have to say that during that year, year and a half of my own contemplation, several investors came to me asking if it was time to walk away. And yeah. so it did, that made the cushion a little bit softer as well. All right. And so if there's one lesson to take away from today's podcast, it's this understanding that it's fine to talk to your investors, the ones that have already invested, and tell them what's really going on and be honest and open and, and you know, they're not going to get mad at you. right? They invested because they wanted you to succeed, but they understand that it doesn't always happen. Yeah. So thanks for coming on. Thank you so much.